0: Now first things first, a number of people have asked me about how they can support the show. Well, I'll be honest, we don't do any of that Patreon stuff or ask for donations here at the Thai Expat Daily Show. However, if anyone enjoys the content and wishes to support us, they are more than welcome to hop over to our new merch store on tpublic.com and browse through our catalogue where you will find the Good Morning, Good Afternoon, Good Evening and the Let's Just Jump Into It official merchandise. Here you will find t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, along with a few other items. The link is down below in the description and we'll leave it at that. Now let's just jump into it. As we always do, let's start with the daily numbers. There was a record 20,920 new COVID-19 cases and 160 more fatalities over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Thursday morning. There were 20,658 cases in the general population and 262 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 17,926 COVID-19 patients were diagnosed recovered and were discharged from hospital. Greater Bangkok had 8,332 new cases and 106 deaths. Four southern provinces recorded 983 new cases and seven more fatalities, and 67 other provinces showed 11,335 new cases and 46 new deaths. The figures excluded data from prisons. Meanwhile, the Phuket Provincial Public Health Office marked a record 65 new local COVID-19 infections on the island yesterday bringing the total number of people recognised as infected with COVID-19 in Phuket since April 3 to 1306. The 65 new local infections brings the total number of new local infections on the island in the past 7 days to 278. And as we can see, a new high again for Thailand. But nice to see the recoveries are up there nearly at 18,000, which is a very, very good thing. Phuket, of course, has uh, hit some super highs for Phuket as an island with now 278 in the past seven days, which is well above the 90 that they spoke about a couple of months ago prior to the Phuket Sandbox model being reopened as a marker for the shutdown of the Phuket Sandbox model. So we know that was all talk back then. But I'm just hoping things will get better. I, I'm, I'm very sceptical about whether or not these restrictions in place throughout the country are really working right now. And the data says they aren't. Now our next story is first month of Phuket Sandbox sees 14,000 plus arrivals. 829 million baht revenue. According to the Tourism Authority of Thailand, they reported that in the first month of the Phuket Sandbox Program since its launch in July 1, over 14,000 foreign tourists visited Phuket and the revenue they generated for the local economy amounted to 829 million baht. For the period of war- the 1st to the 31st of July, Total international arrivals amounted to 14,055, with the largest source market being the USA with 1,802 arrivals. This was followed by the UK with 1,558, Israel with 1,455, Germany with 847, and France with 839. Now, I just want to note that they have not mentioned that Thai people were second on the list, so that's something worth bearing in mind throughout this story. Tadek expects 100,000 foreign tourists will visit Phuket in the third quarter of 2021, from July to September, and injects some 8.9 billion baht of revenue into the local economy. Accommodation-wise, the arrivals for July saw 190,843 room nights booked at SHA plus certified hotels. August has a further 109,000. 694 room nights in advance bookings, and September has 9,182. Altogether, amounting to 309,719 room nights for the July to September period. The 829 million baht in revenue for July included 282 million baht spent on accommodation, 194 million baht on the purchase of products and services. 175 million baht on food and beverages, and 124 million baht on health and medical services. Among the 14,055 tourists, the average cost of their vacation to Phuket was 58,982 Thai baht. Crucially, one of the key benefits of the Phuket sandbox model has been the creation of 210 million baht in salaries for the local employees in the accommodation, restaurant, and other sectors. So breaking that down, they're going with the 282 million spent on accommodation. After that, I don't believe any of those numbers are verifiable. They seem to be somewhat realistic, but as I said, they're not a verifiable number. Local vendors don't give out how much they spend. Hotels don't give out their how much they spend. It's just it's just not you know realistic to publish numbers like that. Now we do know that Tourism Authority of Thailand has a terrible habit of making predictions about revenue amounts and incoming tourists and being terribly wrong about it in the past. Now, the average cost of their vacation is 58,582 baht per person. We're talking over 14 nights. It's a realistic amount, I suppose. It's not a terribly high amount either if you're including accommodation, which they are in it. So as I said, it's crucial that they forget to mention that Thai people, for whatever reason they've been excluded in this report, are not mentioned because they amount to nearly 1,800. Also, the word tourist, I think, is being very generous with this whole report. As most of us know, a lot of these people are not tourists. Returning expats, as I see in the comments section here on the show many times, are a lot of returning expats and even Thai people who comment that, you know, they've come back home. Tourists, tourists, it doesn't really matter where they're from, to be frank and honest, money is money. And the positive note from all of that is the 210 million baht that's been paid in salaries in the accommodation restaurant and and some other sectors. Now that is very important, but it's going to a few select areas and not the whole island overall which it needs to do. The Phuket Sandbox, I think if we want to start to see people's lives get better financially which is, you know, the main thing right now, we do need to see more tourists coming in and an opening up of the Phuket Sandbox model maybe with re- lesser restrictions so people can get in and at ease. But we're in the middle of a pandemic here so I really do think the restrictions are probably not going to be reduced anytime soon, but we'll see how it goes. What do you think about these numbers? Do you think they sound realistic to you? Uh, Do you think they're verifiable? Or is it a case that they're kind of throwing out numbers there to make it sound maybe a lot better than it really is? I'd love to know your thoughts, so if you could leave them down there in the comments section. BAN ON MASS GATHERINGS AGAIN Defence Forces Chief Sharma Pa Shishawat has issued an announcement under the emergency decree banning gatherings that risk spreading COVID-19. The move comes as political demonstrations have intensified recently, with a new one planned for Saturday by the Anti-Government Free Youth Group. The rally will take place at Democracy Monument and demonstrators will then proceed to the Grand Palace according to the group. Under the announcement, any gatherings that risk spreading the disease or any action that would worsen the hardship of people during the are prohibited nationwide, except for gatherings or activities that are permitted by authorities or exempted by the emergency decree. The ban applies to areas that have been designated as maximum and strict control zones, maximum control zones, maximum surveillance zones and surveillance zones. Violators are liable to a jail term of no more than two years, a fine of more than 40,000 baht or both. Deputy Police Spokesman Police Colonel Siriwat, warned against anyone joining political demonstrations saying they will not only risk contracting disease during rallies but also face legal penalties under the ban and other laws. Five groups held demonstrations on Sunday including a car mob rally which gathered near the Veterans General Hospital. protesters threw firecrackers at police who fired rubber bullets and used tear gas and water cannon on protesters. So yes, more demonstrations coming this Saturday. I really do doubt that any new law will stop the protesters doing what they want to do. They're intent on having their voice heard. I truly hope the police and possibly the army can show some restraint during these protests. Last week, some of the scenes were quite terrifying, and we need to see less of that. I understand that we're in a COVID-19 situation. Probably they shouldn't be doing it right now at this moment in time. But if they do, let's hope the police can show a little restraint to the youth of Thailand who are speaking their mind and demanding democracy. Now up next, expat arrested on drug charges allegedly claims to be a local Robin Hood. A British national arrested in Chiang Mai for allegedly selling drugs apparently claims to be local Robin Hood using money he obtained from the rich through illegal acts to give to those in need. Reports in Thai media say the man claims to have spent one million baht to buy things for children and villagers who have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. 38-year-old British national Mitash Gavid Varsani and his girlfriend, who is a local Thai DJ, allegedly sold cocaine ecstasy and marijuana. Officers say the couple made a group on the messaging app line to connect with buyers who, police say, were typically wealthy tourists and people in Chiang Mai who frequented nightclubs. An undercover officer requested to join the line group claiming he was planning a party and wanted to buy cocaine and ecstasy. Police say they seized 86.2 grams of marijuana and 54.4 grams of cocaine. The suspects were charged for possession of marijuana and cocaine with intent to sell. Police suspect the couple have been dealing drugs for over a year. Siriporn Porn alleged allegedly told police that many people at the nightclubs wanted to buy marijuana and cocaine. She allegedly told police that she met Matash, an owner of a solar panel installation company, and the two decided to sell drugs together. Reports say drugs were smuggled from Europe to an online shopping app and paid for with the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. Well, there's our real-life Robin Hood taking from the rich and just giving to the poor, and what a great guy he is. I mean, let's not worry that he was selling cocaine and all kinds of other drugs to people, but... You know, it's not often you do find a person who uses Robin Hood as his reason for doing something. And we have to say bravo to that and to that unique excuse because I've never heard anything like it in my entire life. (laughs) What do you make of all this? Though what I do think is going to be what is quite interesting is a lot of these stories you hear about expats being arrested. But you never find out how long they actually get in prison or whether they go to prison or whether they just get fined. I've never seen follow-up stories for any of these. So what we'll try to do is we'll try to follow up on this story and find out, you know, how long it takes to go through court and eventually what kind of prison sentence he does get. Because I think that would be quite interesting. Like, as I said before, there's been many expats who've been arrested. You never hear of what, how long they went to prison for. But we'll try to keep you updated on this story. Now some more COVID news in relation to Thailand. Delta is now the dominant variant in Thailand with 78.2% found in new cases in most parts of the country. The readily transmissible COVID-19 Delta variant, which was first confirmed in Thailand in mid-May in a Thai mother and her 4-year-old son arriving from Pakistan, has now spread through 74 of Thailand's 77 provinces, accounting for 78.2% of new infections in the country. Director General of the Medical Science Department said on Wednesday that the department and its network of laboratories have conducted random checks of 2,547 COVID-19 infected people around the country between July 24 and 30 and found that 1,993 or 78.2% were infected with the Delta variant, 538 or 21.2% were infected with the Alpha variant and the remaining 0.6% with the Beta strain. A breakdown of the findings between Bangkok and the rest of the country were as follows. Bangkok of 1,229 samples tested, 86.2% were infected with Delta. In other provinces of the 1,318 samples tested, 70.9% were infected with the Delta strain. Dr. Superkid said, however, that the Lambda variant, a variant of interest as defined by the World Health Organization, which is spreading in South America, has not been detected in Thailand as of yet. What amazes me in that is to think that one mother and her son coming from Pakistan is responsible for the entire Delta variant in the country. And it just shows you how quickly this virus spreads. And I find that absolutely mind-blowing when you think it's just one or two people and now it's the dominant strain in Thailand. But now it's become our lives part of our daily lives and I hope I I truly hope in the future this kind of conversations that we're having about delta and beta and efficacy of vaccines and everything will stop and we can just get back to our normal lives and I really do hope that day comes. 10 million vaccine doses to be distributed in Thailand in August. 10 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine, mainly AstraZeneca and Sinovac, will be distributed across Thailand in August, with Bangkok receiving 1.25 million according to the Public Health Ministry. The vaccines also include the 1.5 million doses of Pfizer-BioNTech received from the US government. Inoculation with the new batches are aimed at the remaining unvaccinated elderly population in Bangkok its neighbouring provinces and other COVID-19 dark red provinces among others. Meanwhile, 415,000 doses of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine donated by the UK arrived on Tuesday at around 9pm. They will be distributed across 29 dark red provinces. According to AstraZeneca Thailand, 5.3 million doses of the locally produced AstraZeneca vaccine were delivered to the Thai authorities in July, falling short of the 10 million doses earlier promised by the government bringing the total number of locally produced vaccines delivered to 11.3 million doses. About 18.2 million doses of vaccines have been administered nationwide to date and almost 4 million people or about 5.5% of the population being fully vaccinated. So if they're planning to get this 10 million administered during this month they really do need to up their vaccination game each day. Now I've estimated that would be about 325,000 vaccine shots every single day for this month to distribute that 10 million. Now Monday to Friday they do a damn good job. They vaccinate somewhere between 300 and 400,000 people per day, which is very it is quite good, but the problem is that the weekends Saturday and Sunday and anytime there's a public holiday the number gets divided by three or four. It seems like they're just not organized at weekends to get people in to vaccinate. Now I've heard from a number of people who work in the public health that the vaccines are there that there's no shortage of these vaccines at weekends but there just seems to be a big shortage of staff to vaccinate people. So hopefully they can kind of get around this hump that they seem to have got themselves in at the weekends because you know if you really want to get that 10 million out there and you have they need to get into the arms of people so Thailand can start to get back to some kind of normality in the future and you know successfully reopen its country to international tourism among other things let's see where it goes this month hopefully those numbers now we do get the numbers every Monday I think it is on how many people they vaccinated over the week so maybe next week we can just go through those numbers and we can see if they've kind of overcome the problems they have at the weekend we'll see maybe they will maybe they won't and finally, US plans to require COVID-19 shots for foreign travellers. The Biden administration is taking the first steps towards requiring nearly all foreign visitors to the US to be vaccinated for the coronavirus, a White House official said on Wednesday. The requirement would come as part of the administration's phased approach to easing travel restrictions for foreign citizens to the country. No timeline has been determined as interagency working groups study how and when to safely move forward towards resuming normal travel. Eventually, all foreign citizens entering the country, with some limited exceptions, are expected to need to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to enter the US. The Biden administration has kept in place travel restrictions that have severely curtailed international trips to the US, citing the spread of the Delta variant of the virus. Under the rules, non-US residents who have been to China, the European Union, Schengen area the United Kingdom, Ireland, Brazil, South Africa and India in the prior 14 days are prohibited from entering the US. All travellers to the US regarding a vaccination status are required to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken within three days or 72 hours of air travel to the country. The Biden administration has faced pressure to lift some restrictions from affected allies, the air travel industry and families who have been kept separated from loved ones by the rules. Many have complained that the travel restrictions don't reflect the current virus situation, particularly as case lows in the US are worse than on many of the prohibited nations. America probably one of the biggest countries in the world has you know their own restrictions too just like you know Thailand has and other countries and I think it's worth mentioning a lot of people discuss about whether to take a vaccine or not and a lot of people a lot of people are pro being vaccinated but there is you know there is a loud minority that are anti vax and don't want to be taking vaccines but I think we need to look to the future of what travel is going to be. And let's be frank and straightforward about it. If you plan to travel to most parts of the world, you're going to require eventually a vaccination to do so. And I think that's going to be what it comes down to in the future. I really doubt you're going to get away with not being vaccinated or at least having a COVID test before you enter that country. Now, whether that's right or wrong is a question I'll ask you people out there. What do you think? Do you think it's right to tell people they need to be vaccinated in order to visit a country? Or do you think it's wrong? Do you think it infringes on people's rights? I'd love to know what you think about this topic, because this is a topic that gets people fired up, but also is worth talking about because it's going to be part of our life for a long time. I think this whole COVID-19 outbreak and what it's done to the world, it has changed it, I think. And for the worse, in my opinion but we're going to be affected by this for a very, very long time. So I'd love to know your thoughts and comments down below in the comments section. And we'll leave it at that for today and we'll talk again on Sunday. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.